0: time. Today's program, we're bringing the heat, we're bringing the fire. On the program today, we wrap up all the action at the US Open. Naomi Osaka, a new Japanese star is born. Congratulations to her. We'll talk about her win and the controversy surrounding Serena Williams and Novak Djokovic, another Grand Slam title. He sits back atop the men's game. He takes down Del Potro in straight sets. It's all happening here on No Holds Bar. And you don't even call no more. We don't barely keep in touch at all. And I don't even feel the same love when we are no more. And i heard it through the grapevine. we even beefing now. After all the years we've been down. Ain't no way, no how. This bullshit can't be true. We yeah. family ain't yeah. a damn thing changed. All right, here we are. No holds barred US Open special podcast. Jade Kolf at the Kolf, man. To the two weeks in New York are wrapped up, and it's Naomi Osaka and Novak Djokovic, champions after the two weeks of tennis. Probably no surprise on Djokovic. He was my pick coming into the two weeks in New York. And he was emphatic in his victory over Del Potro. But on the women's side, Serena Williams threw to the final. But Naomi Osaka played absolutely flawless tennis for the two weeks. I saw Naomi in January at the Australian Open and she was very very impressive about the way she went about her business and in my eyes it was only a matter of time before she was going to impact and go deep at a major event so a lot of people going like geez this Japanese girl where did she come from you know only 20 years of age but her performance curve has been nothing but catapulting forwards in the right direction and she is going to be a top 10, top 5 player for many, many years to come. And it's well, well deserved. kinishikori has been knocking on the door for quite a while in the men's game. And now they have a, a, a new star, a new superstar. And it's fantastic for Japanese tennis. And the way she handled herself in all areas throughout the two weeks and throughout the final considering what went down uh, full full uh, you know respect goes to that young lady Uh, great focus great demeanour and total uh, total uh, congratulations go to Naomi Osaka and uh, the way she handled everything congratulations to her but And saying that, let's talk about Serena Williams and what went down in the final. Up until the point in the match where she received the code violation and warning for for coaching, well, her coach, well, the coach and player relationship, the coach uh, giving signals in the stands, and umpire Ramos gave the warning, which he has every every right to to do that, it's within the rules, and it's not the first time that somebody's received a code violation for a coaching warning, but for Serena to totally lose control at that moment and react the way she did, it set off... a a, a real domino effect and and something that uh, things unraveled very very quickly over a 10-15 minute span uh, things were absolutely out of control uh, in the arena and up until that point in time the bottom line is this Serena Williams was being thoroughly uh, outplayed by young Naomi Osaka Uh, she was being dominated from the back of the court lost her first set 6-2 and at the start of the second set uh, Serena was really battling to find a way to crack and to break through uh, the Osaka uh, barrage or brick wall, so to speak, for lack of a better term. And I think the pressure was building. Serena felt that. And Muratoglu felt that in the stands, really looking for answers. And when the point penalty came about, Williams was really on the back foot Uh Searching for uh, an answer to the puzzle And What went down was Nothing short of phenomenal But it was really due to the pressure that she was under Now if she had won the first set 6-2 And You know Scores were level at the beginning of the second set Would she have reacted that way? Um I would say not Pressure And stress and anxiety uh, makes people crack. And Serena, virtually unravelling, that was what that was due to. It was due to the stress. It was due to the, the anxiousness. It was due to the uh, the pressure. And she was looking for an out. And she was looking to release that. And she went on a, a tirade uh, against the umpire, Ramos, that... Uh, Really when you look back on it now, uh, basically cost her this match and this title. Now you know would she have won uh, had she had that not have taken place we'll never know. at the end of the day, the bottom line is, as I mentioned earlier on, she was being thoroughly outplayed and full credit goes, must go to Osaka for putting her in that situation for, for causing that pressure, for causing that stress. The young lady uh, had laser-like focus was um you know incredibly mentally locked into the match uh, um, with everything that was going on uh, with the crowd uh, getting involved and booing and um, you know really uh, really making a scene um, incredible demeanor and maturity from young Osaka and you know she thoroughly deserved the win but in terms of the Serena Williams outburst you know, there's been incredible amount of talk over the last couple of days since that went down on, you know, uh, in, in, all, in, in all crazy areas. But the bottom, the bottom line is this, people. The bottom line is this. Could Serena Williams, was she in total control of what was going down? Yes, she was. Now, did she have to react that way after receiving the point penalty? Well, no. She could have just said, all oh, right, okay, well, it's a point penalty. Uh, it's, it's a warning. Uh, no problem at all. Um, let's get on with the match. Did she do that? No, she didn't do that. She decided to, to go on with it. When she was broken, uh, when she had her serve broken back in the second set, she decided to smash uh, smash a racket. Decided to, uh, you know, go to town on that, on that Wilson racket. Smashed it to smithereens. So Ramos, um, everybody knows that you know you smash a racket blatantly like that and and bury it into the into the hard court and smash it to smithereens. That um, that's a that's a violation. So hence the point penalty. Which I don't know why she was surprised that she received that. She she knows the rules. Um, So she got a point penalty for that. So that was well within um, well within the rules. That that's an automatic point penalty. And then to have the audacity to to call the umpire, uh, you know, a thief, and you know, demanding an apology, totally just out of control, and she needed to be more professional in that moment right there. Not make it personal. Just go. All right, I need to focus on what I'm doing here. I'm in a I'm in a Grand Slam final, and I need to keep my emotions in check. I need to focus, and I need to uh, find a way out of this situation. But then. To continually attack uh, the umpire And say uh, you're a thief You stole it from me Um, Don't call me a cheat Blah 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 This and that Um, It's just got worse and worse and worse And you know Ultimately costing her a game penalty And to be down 5-3 And all of this And people People who are listening out there All of this was, Was in her control it's not what goes on uh, in in life or you know in a tennis match it's how you react to it it's it's you've got to be the bigger person you've got to you've got to be in control uh, out there at all times um, and not not act emotional and take things personally you've just got to you got to go okay what do I need to do in this situation that is, is gonna help me in this match and she didn't do that at the end of the day Um and that's that's the bottom line when it's all said and done. She could have controlled things a whole lot better. she showed no emotional control whatsoever, and as a result um, you know paid the ultimate price and up until that point, she was being outplayed. she was working her way back into the match and um I said was up a break in that in that second set, but to smash the racket after losing serve. And and to receive that point penalty, that's on her. She did not have to do that. She could have refocused and said, "Okay, well, uh, look, I just lost my serve. Uh, um, we're back on serve at four three. I need to uh, I, I need to refocus here and and, and break Asaka uh, right back." She didn't do that. She decided to smash that smash that Wilson racket and, and 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 go to town on it. And Ramos was like, "Well, I can't ignore that. That's a that's a point penalty." which just made her even more angry and uh, more, uh, more wild. And, and, and then to, to call him a thief and, and to, to go on a tirade, the crowd got involved. And um, you know. so ultimately, at the end of the day, um, Serena needed to be, uh, needed to be a lot more focused, a lot more emotionally in control, and she didn't. And it turned into an absolute circus. It really did, it turned into an absolute clown show. And she was uh, she was front and center uh, when it all comes down to it. And at the end of the day, Asaka fully deserved to to lift uh, lift the trophy. Tennis is a mental game. You're out there one on one. Keep your emotions in check. Be a be a solution seeker. Solve the puzzle. And don't blame others um, when things completely unravel. Don't blame the umpire. Don't blame uh, you know. Don't blame uh, you know the opposition don't blame uh, you know uh, don't don't blame other players and, and start talking about well you know men uh, you know don't don't receive code violations for this and that and blah 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 I don't know really what the hell what the heck she was talking about I mean what does that have to do with anything um, to bring all, all kinds of other things that have happened previously into the situation and Serena needs to take full responsibility for her actions and um, really just haven't seen that. And the statement released by the WTA was nothing short of uh, embarrassing, really, when it's all said and done. Um, you know, there is no special treatment out there. There is no, uh, to act um, the way that it's all gone down, it, it acted like uh, it was an entitlement, uh, and an entitlement uh, mentality, and it doesn't, um, it just doesn't, um, it, it just does not, really when it's all said and done it doesn't uh, doesn't stand up and Osaka full credit to that young lady US Open champion and it is fully fully deserved and a lot of people are talking about um, Serena was hard done by and this and that look you know I totally disagree at the end of the day Williams has to be in control at that moment she chose not to be in control she chose to get wild and crazy, and get defensive instead of being the bigger person. Being a professional, be a professional. You are a professional tennis player. The word professional is in front of tennis player. You are a professional athlete, and she was nothing short of unprofessional. And as a result, you pay the price, you are runner-up, you are not the champion, At this moment in time, the Japanese player Asaka was much more professional, much more focused, much more mentally strong, and that's why she is the 2018 US Open champion. Congratulations, Naomi Asaka, fully deserved, well played young lady. Look forward to seeing you in Melbourne at the Australian Open in 2019. And I look forward to seeing you uh, continue to play amazing tennis and carry yourself uh, like a polite young lady and Grand Slam champion who will fly the flag not only for Japan, but also for the women's game over the next decade. This is No Holds Barred. Jade Colf at the Colf Man, you are listening to No Holds Barred. Bit of LL Cool J there, bringing the, the smooth jams. So, Osaka, U.S. Open Women's Champion. It's just it's just been, a, in terms of the USTA, the United States Tennis Association, uh, press statement that they released also was... Um, I thought it was an absolute joke, to be honest with you Um, really, uh, it was a soft statement Really, uh, protecting all those concerned It had, uh, it had, it had political Political and, and corporate correctness written all over it And really just protecting Protecting what went down Um, clearly, uh Siding with or protecting, protecting Williams as best as best they could, and instead of you know making a real statement and having uh, having her take full responsibility for the the the, the side show it was an absolute clown show what took place there uh, on uh, on Arthur Ashe Stadium, and not the first time that you know she's done that. At that event, at the at the U.S. Open, you know, Serena got serious issues, and wants to make it political. Wants to make it wants to make it political. Wants to make it a bigger scenario than what it than what it is. And the the, the bottom line is rules are rules. It doesn't matter uh, if you're you know a twenty three time Grand Slam champion or. It's your first Grand Slam. If you're going to misbehave out there and carry on, and and uh, be emotionally out of control, well, you know what? Um, the umpire, uh, to the umpire's discretion, you are you are going to be vulnerable. And she put herself in that situation, and it unravelled very very quickly, and um, paid the price. So, you know, the two weeks, you know, there's been. Issue after issue over the two weeks at, uh, at Flushing Meadow. There was the whole uh, Liz Cornet changing her shirt, receiving a point penalty for that. That seemed over the top. There was the Nick Kyrgios situation where the umpire got out of his chair and went down and, and told him to, to try you know, and to um, you know, make more of an effort. There was that situation. There was the situation um, that, that, that got brought up as the as the event went on, in with the with the humidity and the you know the the stadium not no wind flow through the stadium there players were melting and cooking in there like they were in a sauna. Um, there was that issue, and then as the event went on, um, there was talk of um, you know the USTA and the the court speed. You know, uh, an incredibly slow hard court. So it was just one thing after the next, and then Serena Williams blowing up in the final, and you know I'd think a just complete nightmare two weeks overall um, for, for with this event. It was one thing after the next. Uh, there was even the the issue of uh, there was even the issue of uh, on the outside courts not all stats uh, being recorded for, for all events. So on the show courts, all the stats were able to come through in terms of service percentages, winners, unforced errors, all those. All, those, uh, all that analytical data. And then on the outside courts, uh, my great mate Craig O'Shaughnessy, who uh, is the, uh, does all the, uh, the stats and the analytics for the ATP Tour, um, couldn't believe that data was not being recorded uh, on some of the outside courts. So how can you possibly have uh, just unbelievable goings-on over the two weeks? How can you uh, not have that, uh, what's going on in the show courts, not having the data and the and the stats the players can look at after a match that tells them where they can improve and what they need to work on or why, why they lost the match or why they won a match. Um, so shortcuts galore and it's just uh, absolutely mind-boggling and um, really uh, an exhausting two weeks when it's all said and done. Instead of having to talk about how great the tennis was and some of the great matches and the athletes that were, were taking part in it. We seem to be talking about stuff that was, um, you know, going on, uh, which had nothing to do with tennis in itself. It had to do with, you know, the behavior of players, um, court surfaces. Why aren't stats being recorded? Um, and, and the humidity, there was just constant talk of the humidity. Why are players melting on center court, uh, there in New York, uh, unlike anything that we've ever seen before. Um, so, you know, incredible really when it's all said and done. And um, really glad to have the two weeks over. And let's, let's move on and, um, and, and let's make things better next time. Um, they surely could not have really gotten any worse after one thing led to the next uh, at the US Open. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the men's final, Novak Djokovic takes down Juan Martin del Potro in straight sets a dominant performance we're going to talk about why he won the match how he won the match and we're going to wrap up a uh, wrap up the program here this is Jade Colf at the Colf man this is the no holds barred US Open special podcast we'll be back with more fire soon. Look around the car a little bit. Oh, yeah. p- my glove compartment is locked, so it's the trunk in the back. And I know my rights, so you gon' need a warrant for that. <laughs> Aren't you sharp attack? You some type of law or something, somebody important? To- We are back. No holds barred studio. Jade Kolf at the Kolf Man with our US Open special podcast wrap. We are wrapping things up after two weeks of controversy and mayhem, as you'd only expect in New York. It has been drama packed. But the men's final between Novak Djokovic and Juan Martin Del Potro was anything but topsy-turvy. It was one-way traffic with Novak winning his second major of the year. 6-3, 7-6, 7-4 in the tiebreak and 6-3. A dominant display and he catapults back. To number three in the world behind Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. But safe to say that after winning Wimbledon and the US Open, he would really be, uh, well, he's the best player in the world right now. Uh, two, two out of the four slams, uh, more tournaments to come till the end of the season and he could, uh, if he continues this run, he could end up the number one player in the world, which, you know, for argument's sake, winning two ma- two out of the four majors this year and back-to-back majors, uh, you would argue even if he doesn't uh, get to number one by the end of the year, that... He'd still be considered the the best player in the world so far this year, but um, Del Potro had no answers for Novak Djokovic going into the match. Uh, I thought that Del Potro would have to be dominant in the zero to four points. He'd have to serve extremely well, and he'd have to uh, hit his forehand as as well as as well as ever. We know he's one of the biggest hitters on the tour, if not the biggest hitter, but. It was just too much to ask, and the a combination of the slow, hard court there in Arthur Ashe Stadium, all conditions favoured Novak Djokovic, uh, basically the best defensive player uh, in the world, on the planet, and he was just too rock solid from uh, from the back of the court, and Del Potro looked, uh, looked gassed uh, as the match went on after the... After the second set, the writing was on the wall. After he lost that second set tiebreak, break, the, the giant Argentinian uh, was always going to be a big ask from two sets down. And after, uh, after some long and absorbing points, Novak looked the fresher of the two, and Del Potro was slumped over, uh, just trying to get some breath, get some air into those, into those lungs. And it was only a matter of time before uh, Novak... Got his man. Novak's like a, he's like a boa constrictor. Once he gets you, uh, once you, get, once he gets you behind and um, those long absorbing rallies, he just he just squeezes tight, and uh, you're really dying a slow, slow death. And the Serbian superstar lifted the trophy once again. Coming into the match, uh, one thing I just did not understand, and I continue to not understand, it is why players. Look to attack into Novak Djokovic's backhand, his two-handed backhand. Stop going to his two-handed backhand. Del Potro, time and time again, ran around to get the to get the forehand, upgrade to the forehand, which is what he needed to do tactically to have a chance to win this match. But instead of going cross-court into Novak's forehand, he kept trying to hit off forehands. Uh Tried to hit off forehands in a Novak's backhand. You cannot break through the Novak-Djokovic backhand. It is it's impenetrable. It's like a brick wall. It just keeps on coming back. And even if you're able to get it wide enough, he's still got the ability to hit the open stance and bump that ball back with enough uh, enough velocity to, to to neutralize that shot. And time and time again, Del Potro is maxing out, going to the off. Forehand Into Novak's backhand And the ball kept coming back uh, You've got to go wide To the to the Novak forehand You've got to stretch him wide On that side Break that wing down You are not going to break down The backhand If you are going to go Into the backhand Of Novak Djokovic Don't expect to win many points It's really as simple as that You've got to go wide you got to go big wide To the forehand That's where That's where you can get him that's where you can get uh, you can get some errors there. You're not getting any errors going into the backhand side. It's just about the best two-hand backhand the world's ever seen because it's so simple, it's so compact. He gets it out in front. Nothing can go wrong with a shot, and with his flexibility, he has the ability to to stretch wide, hit the open stance backhand, and make that ball come back time and time again. And once. Del Potro kept going into that area. It was only a matter of time before, before he, he ran out of gas and one too many balls came back. Del Potro, as I said before, needed to go wide to the Novak forehand. But once, once Novak was able to neutralize Del Potro's uh, forehand, it was only a matter of time before uh, the big Argentinian uh, lost this match. Uh, Del Potro doesn't really have a plan B. He can't come to the net, uh, finish points up there, put any kind of pressure on up there. He's, he's really uh, all about um, forehand, serving forehand, and, and once that was uh, taken away from him, it was only a matter of time before Novak lifted his second Grand Slam Trophy of the year. Tactically, uh, I think uh, Del Potro was a little bit off with his strategy out there, and that combined with his... Lack of a uh, a plan B and uh, a plan C, and, and the conditions with uh, with the humidity at record levels in there, as we have we spoke about earlier on in the program, uh, combined with the you know the the, the court surface, the court speed, that was a relatively slow hard court that has been uh, that has been uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? That has been reported that the court. Uh, Was a slow Hard court I believe Jim Courier Was quoted as saying that uh, At the conclusion Of the event But You only had to look at What was taking place Throughout the two weeks On that On that court That you could You could just tell that Not only with uh, With some of the play But also with some of the Results That uh, The court was a slow uh, A slow hard court No doubt about that And Del Potro uh, Could not find a way And uh, He 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 finishes runner-up. Good tournament from uh, Del Potro. Disappointing to to pull up short, but he lost to the best player in the world right now. And uh, it's been a successful return. Finally, uh, he's having a great year. Uh, You know, won a a 1,000 event. Uh, His first ever, I believe, earlier on in the year. He uh, performed well at Wimbledon. It was... Quarter-final result at Wimbledon, I believe. Um, Nadal got him in an epic five-setter, um, and now a, a final run here uh, in New York uh, for the big Argentinian. So it uh, has been—it uh, has been a good season from Del Potro, and he's not done. He can—he uh, can continue to, to impact uh, for the remainder of the season. But it's all about Novak Djokovic uh, winning uh, the U.S. Open in 2018. Far too good. The backhand far too solid, and uh, he's uh, he has confidence in his body now. He has confidence in his, uh, you know, in in his serve, and uh, the confidence and the, the 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 total package of the game is back for Novak Djokovic, and I won't be surprised if he uh, he finishes. Uh, number one at the end of the season with Nadal pulling out with injury and also uh, the unknown status of Roger Federer after his uh, shock exit of Johnny Millman Uh, Novak Djokovic stands alone right now as uh, I believe the best player in the world coming up next we are going to wrap up the program we're going to talk about what's coming up on No Holds Barred moving forward. This is Jade Kolf at the Cough Man, the U.S. Open special podcast. We will be back here in just a few moments. Back soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're back Jade Kolf At the Colf Man No Holds Barred Studio The US Open Special podcast The two weeks is over Naomi Osaka And Novak Djokovic Our 2018 champions In New York And (laughs) <laughs> I just don't understand why Delpo just continued to go to the Novak backhand. You just you can't, get, you can't get through it. Stop hitting it there. Players. Any players on the ATP tour, listen up. Stop trying to break down Novak Djokovic's backhand. You will lose. You've got to go to the forehand. You've got to pull him wide. On to the forehand side. Stop going to the backhand. You will lose. That's all I need to say on that. But what a show. Coming up over the next couple of weeks on No Holds Barred. We've got players heading into Davis Cup mode. The Davis Cup semi-finals will be taking place as well as all other matches uh, for those not... Yet in the world group We'll bring you a little bit of that On the program Bit of Davis Cup action got the Lever Cup Coming up in a couple of weeks time as well The Lever Cup So There are some things going on in the tennis world That we need to talk about And We will talk about it here at No Holds Barred That's what it's all about We're going to bring the fire We will bring the heat and talk about all the things that need to be spoken about but that's it the US Open is complete Osaka Djokovic congratulations Uh, winning both finals very very comfortably women's final controversy we won't go into that anymore that'll continue to roll on no doubt about that but the men's final straight for Djokovic Destroying Del Potro straight sets. Where can you find me? Where can you find Jade Culf at The Culf Man? You can find me on Facebook at Culf Sports Tennis. Uh, There's plenty of action going on there all the time on that fan page. All All Things Academy. The Academy Files documentary will continue to... Roll on as well We've got new episodes of that Coming up Over the next couple of weeks So stay tuned with that You can find that at Kolf Sports Tennis on Facebook And you can also find it on YouTube At Kolf Sports Tennis TV The Academy Files is a real life documentary Of behind the scenes Of uh, Margaret Court Tennis Academy And Myself, Jade Kolf, and the players that uh, that train at the academy, the youngsters that we are bringing through here in Australia. Um, so keep your eyes peeled on that as well. You can also catch me at Kolfman on Instagram or Jade Kolf on Instagram. Uh, always things on there. But stay tuned for more episodes of No Holds Barred on all things tennis. And all things sport, we've got, as I said, we've got some exciting things coming up. We will uh, I will continue to bring you uh, all things on the ATP tour and the WTA tours, and uh, as I said Davis Cup coming up as well as the Lever Cup, and we have some more Masters Series events uh, that will be taking place, and of course the ATP Tour Championships at the end of the year. It's been great bringing you the US Open podcast uh, here at No Holds Barred. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the show, and we will see you back on the airwaves here very, very soon. Jade Colf at The Colf Man. This is No Holds Barred. How we divide slices slice was like the Red Sea Theory I was Moses hopelessly gone by your thorns of horror Tried to bring that fairy tale life, you wanted horror But my microscope couldn't see a cope with that I had to bolt from that And left the dead in the sea, it's better for me I'm satisfied with repping for D We were certified hot, then dropped a the lukewarm Now we back up in the spot, claiming never been gone Guess who cut us off? So I changed, up. You got vote. Keep in touch at all And I don't even feel the same love When we are no more And i heard it through the grapevine We even beefing now After all the years we've been down Ain't no way no how This bullshit can't be true We family when a damn thing change Blessed so you yo, So full of life and vibrant side by side so close, almost on some Bonnie and Clyde shit When Ronnie died, you was right by my side With a shoulder to cry on tissue to wipe my eyes And a bucket to catch every tear I cried inside it You even had the same type of childhood I did Sometimes I just want to know why is it the deuces came to yours and mine I survived it you ran the streets high 9 to 5 we grew up grew apart as time went by us then I blew up to both yours and mine surprises now I feel a vibe, I just can't describe it much as your pride tries to hide it your cold, culture touch it, it's like ice in your eyes is a look of resentment I can sense it and I don't like it how come we don't even talk no more and you don't even call no more we don't barely keep in touch at all And I don't even feel the same love